This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. What I'm more inclined to suggest is that we look at our little one and we say, sometimes it feels like things aren't quite fair, doesn't it? And give them a great big hug and say, what do you think we can do? And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hello, welcome to the Happy Families Podcast. I'm Dr. Justin Coulson. I'm here with my wife, Kylie. Uh, We are parents of six children and soon to be parents of one grand baby very excited about that. Uh, we have we some happy parents, grandparents. I said grandparents. Oh, did you? I, I, I hope I, I said grandparents. Said Maybe I did. Uh, I apologise if that caused any confusion. We are about to become the we're about to become the parents of a soon to be parent. How's that? Yeah. Okay. We are parents of a soon to be parent. Uh, let's move on. The kids were actually talking to me about this the other day, and they said, "Do you realise that you have three adult children? You're going to be grandparents to one grandbaby." You have four children who almost have their license. She was just, it was really blowing her mind. And she said, and very soon there's only going to be three kids in the house. Only three kids in the house. Some parents are hearing that right now and going, only three. Only three? What does that even mean? Uh, Except for the big kids keep coming home. It's a nice segue, actually, into the question that we've got. Every Tuesday we answer a listener question, and we try to keep them as broad and general as we can so they apply to as many people as possible. And this one applies to everyone who has more than one child. Uh, It comes from Julia, who says, Hi, team. I love the podcast. So much helpful information. I'm going to just jump in here. Uh, There is so much helpful information in this podcast. Can I recommend if you love the podcast, that you go right back and listen from the beginning. We've got 800 and- Just from 134. Okay, that's when you joined, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Just listen to the ones that I'm in. Don't worry about the ones before that. No, the ones before that were too long. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, this is the podcast for the Time Poor Parents. So I'm going to get on with Julia's question now that I've mentioned that people will make their family happier if they listen to every episode of the podcast. <laughs> from one or 134, you decide. Uh the, um, the, the email goes on to say, the other evening, my Miss Nine told me she feels like hubby and I love Mr. Six more than her. We're dealing with favoritism. Uh, she said um, that she gave a few examples as to why, such as we spend longer saying goodnight to him. As she's getting older, I've been raising my expectations of her. I expect her to be more responsible for herself, while Mr. Six sometimes still needs a bit more help. Anyhow, I thanked her for being brave in sharing her feelings. And I reassured her that we love her just as much as him and that we would be more aware of how she's feeling. Now I'm really conscious of everything I do or say with them both. How do you get the balance here? Because, of course, we do love them as much as one another. Favoritism. Who's your favorite? We have six daughters. Which one do you love the most? Oh, everybody knows the answer to that one. What is the answer to that one? Who is it? That's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Who is it? I asked you first. Who do you love the most? I don't love anyone the most, you, but I definitely you have- You love them all just as much as one another. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I love them differently. Right. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. There's a different relationship that grows over time with each child. They're different people. How could I possibly love them all the same? Well, I'm going to say that love must be unconditional. If it's conditional, it's not love. 
it's a reward, it's some kind of attentional thing, but love must be completely unconditional. So uh, obviously we know this as parents, we try our hardest, to, but, but even if you love your children all the same, uh, sometimes it's pretty easy to show preferential treatment to one or the other or let the, kid, the, the kids can develop a sense that they are loved more or less than their siblings. And that's where the real challenge comes in. I know that you don't believe in love languages and I'm not suggesting that there's a lot of... Oh, well, uh, no, what, I'm, what I say with the love languages is there's limited, if any, science to support the, the five love languages. I don't mind the concept so much, but meh, I, I think that there's more important things that we can concentrate on. But there are definitely certain ways or certain activities that I do with different children that leave them feeling more seen, heard and valued, more loved, more time togetherness than other children. Yeah, okay, that, that's fine. But that's not necessarily a love language. That's simply recognising no, that you can be responsive to the things that light up that child and, and you're aware of what makes them feel good. So in and of itself, it's a language, right? Let's not get caught up in the semantics of it. There are a number of things that we need to talk about when it comes to favouritism. I listened to a small video uh-huh. the other day. It was actually by a teacher and she's teaching empathy in the classroom. But the way she did it, I think, is beautifully depicted in this context. Mm -hmm. So she gets the class sitting down and she says to them, has anyone ever hurt their elbow before? And a few kids put their hands up and she said, oh, she said that must have hurt. And she lets them tell her about the experience of hurting their elbow. And so she gives them a Band-Aid. She said, can I put a Band-Aid on your elbow? And they say, yeah, that'd be great. And they sit down. And then she says, has anybody hurt their knee before? And she talks about, she lets a child acknowledge and talk about hurting their knee. Mm -hmm. And then she says, let me put a Band-Aid on your elbow. And the kids are kind of, I mean, these are five and Mm six-year-olds, but they're kind of looking at her like, uh, why? hang on a sec. Yep, yep. Why are you doing that? And she said, there you go. That feels better, doesn't it? And she lets them sit them down. She says, what about, has anyone stubbed their toe? And so she goes through a few different things of things that have happened. And each time she puts a Band-Aid on their elbow. Right. And by now the kids are kind of like, what's going on? And she said, did anybody notice what I did? And they all said, you put Band-Aids on elbows? And she said, yeah, but did it work? You know, did it help? And they were like, no, because I hurt my toe. Or no, because I hurt my knee. And And she was then able to talk to them about the fact that there isn't one blanket way to to work with challenges that some children hurt their elbow and they need a specific way of being helped or they need specific time together or but other children hurt their knee and they don't need the same help as a band-aid on an elbow they need something for their knee and when you think about favoritism and a child who's going hang on a sec you love him more because you do this and this but that might be something that that child actually needs, whereas she doesn't need that specific thing. She needs something else. And helping our children have perspective to recognize, like if I had to divide my time and go, okay, you get 30 minutes of my time and you get my 30 minutes of my time. And what I'm hearing from this mom is that she's now so conscious of what she does. She's actually will lose the integrity in her ability to be with each of the children in natural ways as a result of that overconsciousness of spending time together. But if we can help our children recognize that a four-year-old needs 
more help with X, Y, and Z than a six-year-old does. But I do these things with you because this is what you need. This is how I'm able to spend time with you and show love to you. That might just help. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. From a research point of view, what I'm going to highlight is that favoritism has been shown to have detrimental effects. Uh, sometimes favoritism is absolutely explicit. Parents can sometimes do and say some terrible things when it comes to demonstrating favoritism intentionally to either try to motivate better behavior in the child that's not the quote-unquote favorite. Favoritism is really about showing preferential treatment to one child over another. And there are some children who are simply easier to get along with. There are some children who are less challenging and therefore uh, we may tend to even unconsciously and unintentionally preference them over others. We smile at them more. We speak in softer tones. We turn our body towards them when they're talking. We are more attentive. We're more inclined to help. We're more inclined to say yes when they ask for something, whereas the children that we understand less, the children who challenge us that little bit more, we're more inclined to say no, keep our sentences short and curt, tend not to make as much eye contact, that kind of thing. And the kids pick up on this. They yeah, really so know is that it. because the kids that we actually lean towards have learned the art of people-pleasing? Uh, well, it, it could be, but more often than not, I think that it's probably a bi-directional thing. The kids that are easier to deal with, we tend to be nicer towards, and the kids that we're nicer towards tend to be easier to deal with. So it's sort of, it works both ways. I, I think that when it comes to this particular question that's come through from uh, Julia, I don't think that there's any intentional favoritism going on here at all. What's really happening is we've got a child who's a little bit sensitive, who's struggling a little bit, uh, and who's saying, hang on, this doesn't feel... Like this is the same. And I guess this comes down to the whole thing where we talk to the kids about how, uh, as you said, just because they got 30 minutes doesn't mean that you're going to get 30 minutes. You're going to get what you need when you need it. They're going to get what they need when they need it. And we're going to do our best to be responsive to and supportive of your needs. Favoritism is definitely, definitely something to avoid. And what we really want to do is work out how we can engage with our kids ultimately if, if I have a, a close look at the wording of this email from Julia, ultimately what I think is Miss Nine just doesn't feel seen, heard and valued in the same way that she perceives that Mr. Six is. Does that make sense? Well, of course. And that's what I was acknowledging. He's six. Yeah. So his needs are actually a little bit bigger. He probably needs a Band-Aid on his toe and on his knee <laughs> and on his elbow. Because of his age, because right. of his developmental, you know, stages and helping her to feel secure in her relationship with mum and dad is is really important. But what she needs is different to what he needs. Yeah. And, and to me, the easiest way to work through this with the nine-year-old is probably not to get completely logical because uh, it, it's sort of boring for a nine-year-old to have a, co- a logical conversation about favoritism. And no matter how much you try to reassure and say, you know what, I love you just as much as your little brother, there's part of her that's going, well, you're saying that, but everything I'm seeing is making me feel the way that I'm feeling. And everything that I'm feeling is running counter to what you're saying right now. So trying to argue and prove that they're wrong and we're right doesn't tend to lead to the outcomes that we're looking for. What I'm more inclined to suggest is that we look at our 
little one and we say, sometimes it feels like things aren't quite fair, doesn't it? And give them a great big hug and say, what do you think we can do? So in other words, step into a sort of an explore, explain, empower uh, situation. Sometimes I, I can see that you feel like we preference your little brother over you. I promise you we don't. But what, what can we do to help you to know that we love you just as much as we love him? And, and when you empower them, you brainstorm together, you come up with a solution together, it's amazing how quickly and easily this whole thing can be resolved through validation and through empathy. One of the things that we have been really good at different times in our family life is just having one-on-one time with the kids. We, you know, mummy-daughter dates, daddy-daughter dates. Yeah. And the kids love it because it's absolutely concentrated, specific time with them doing something they love. Perfect. Perfect. So, Julia, we really hope that there are some useful answers there. Stay away from favoritism. Not that you were heading down that path. Uh, when, when the perception of favoritism exists, though, Uh, that is also something to avoid because the kids can get caught up in it. Uh, We hope that these ideas will guide you down a pathway of um, non-preferential treatment of kids from your perspective and from theirs. Uh, The Happy Families Podcast returns tomorrow with a conversation that I think you are going to love. We're talking with a um, marriage and intimacy expert. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife about how to find the spark when the spark has... um, all but gone out. How to build that flame back up in your relationship. It's going to be a really important, really great conversation. She is articulate. She's thoughtful. She's wise. And we're talking to Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife tomorrow on the podcast. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Ruller from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. We'll talk to you tomorrow. For more information about making your family happier, join us at Dr. Justin Coulson's Happy Families on Facebook or on Instagram or at happyfamilies.com.au. 